0: Our goal has always been your ultimate satisfaction. We offer the best internet service for Canadian families, with no contractor commitment and unlimited internet speed. Plus, a 7-day trial and 100% refund. Your satisfaction is guaranteed with Transat Telecom. Welcome to the We Don't Play podcast station. I'm your host, Favor Obasi ek and I'm so excited to have an amazing guest here who has been able to do so much with the esports industry. And you guys know that whenever we get an esports conversation, it's probably like once in a blue moon, so we don't take this for granted at all. And it's a pleasure to have you here, Stan. How's it going?
1: It's going all right. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Anytime, anytime. It would be great for us to have a quick breakdown so that people can get to know who you are, what you do, and we can get into the discussion for today.
1: Sure. So, uh, first of all, I'm Stan Yusevich. Uh, I'm the director of Esports Scholar. I'm also the scholastic coordinator for the United States Esports Association. So, uh, pretty much my main, I guess, uh, professional background is in Scholastic Esports in particular. So uh, I'm very passionate about EdTech and gamification and the way that uh, gaming can influence how we look at education. So generally, that's kind of where my focus is. and. Uh you know, we at esports are uh esports scholar rather are looking forward to the launch of our fall season which will be coming up September twentieth. So obviously everyone's in that back to school grind and so are we.
0: Amazing. First of all, I don't even know what you said when you mentioned that term. It sounds so scientific. <laughs> so I want to hear more about what is that, what does it mean, and could you break it down for us to understand the difference between that and something generic?
1: Sure. So, like, gamification in specific? No, I, guess, is I think it was another
0: generic? word. No, I got the gamification. It was something else. Yeah. I can't I can't remember what it was. Oh,
1: okay. So, I guess, um, yeah, but, I mean... That uh, what we're trying to do at Esports Scholar, maybe that was the the term, is uh, turn esports into something that takes it a bit further than just schools competing against one another. So uh, what we do is we provide schools with coaches. So these are people who have. You know more than four thousand hours logged in a particular game. Uh, some of them are very highly ranked, like uh, Grand Champs in Rocket League or Diamond 3s and uh, League of Legends. And uh, on top of the coaching part, we also teach kids how to design things like their logos, uh, player profile videos highlight clips and uh, teach them about how to stream and broadcast so the idea is to create this um, very I guess vibrant uh, after school uh, environment where you could learn about so many different aspects of not only the gaming industry but esports in particular and uh, you know start to build your portfolio for the future
0: Mm, I love that That makes a lot of sense because I know that the e-learning industry, by research, I think by 2026, it's going to be a trillion dollar company or industry, so to speak at large, macro-wise. So I'm now wondering when it comes to letting them get nurtured within this decade, what is the strategy? Like, what are those action points that's going to help them move the needle?
1: Sure so one thing is that I think a lot of schools are beginning to realize that the model uh, of you know education hasn't changed in a very long time um, especially you know in terms of on the steam or stem front uh, there's a lot of uh, places where schools I think are beginning to realize they could do a bit more to help their students prepare for the kind of world that we're coming into um, you know uh, I was kind of shocked Uh, uh, actually it's now over a year and a half ago that I went to a conference in uh, New York City about Imagine uh, the name of the conference was Imagine Schools and they had on a group of high school students and they were asking them about what they would like to see uh, happen at school and one of the students I remember mentioned that a lot of what they do in art class is still pencil and paper um, and that you know in today's world, really, you have to have a pretty firm understanding of uh, some kind of software, whether it's like Adobe Photoshop or After Effects, in order to go after jobs in that space. So um, that was something that sparked, uh, obviously, the whole uh, part of our program that's dedicated to graphic design and video editing, but then it just kind of branched out organically from there. Um, And really, our... Uh, I guess kind of approach uh, to to what we're doing here is to use esports uh, and gaming as a like a Trojan horse to almost trick kids into learning and to becoming interested in uh, things they could actually do as a profession one day.
0: That's beautiful because I think it's going to change even the, the type of generational influence we're going to have on the kids because... When you think about how we learned back in the day, you know, we had a pencil, an eraser, like now people have a digital scrapbook, you know, so it's so different now. And visually, you're actually interacting more with your content because it's no longer a pen and paper. You can actually do a lot more and that allows you to be more creative in your thinking. So I'm wondering how this is going to go into the educational pieces where people and parents also don't think of, oh, stop playing that game or you're playing this game too much or your eyes are hurting and this is why your fingers are hurting. So there's going to (laughs) be, there's going to be that kind of like balance and the kid might just go extreme OD on it and they'll be (laughs) like, yeah, but he's learning, (laughs) you know? So how do you balance that curve so that it's not too detrimental to their success?
1: That's a really good point. And there's a couple of things you brought up too. And one is that First of all, there is a huge generational divide. So the kids of today are, uh, you know, the generation that grew up as babies using iPads. So uh, they've always had technology in their lives. And it comes, I think, a little bit more naturally to them than obviously uh, older, uh, less older folks. But um, I think in terms of the other part you mentioned about um maybe getting too involved in gaming um you know as you might have seen uh china for instance limit uh limited gaming to only three hours a week yeah uh yeah. recently or it will implement that uh, i guess this starting this month um so obviously that's a very bold uh i guess stance against gaming but I think not enough people are realizing the opportunity there uh, is to use gaming as a tool for learning. So, um really I think the there's a need to meet our kids like halfway and kind of use what they're already interested in as a means of uh teaching uh you know things that they obviously need to know.
0: Yeah. Do you think this is like great and that was perfect timing because I'm thinking about how you can create value for time and still apply concept to strategy because it's the game that's going to help them learn a little faster because they're actually entertained. But the retainability of that process also needs to be acquired.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and I guess, you know, maybe... a. a, uh, forte to that whole realm was, uh, I don't know if, uh, uh, when you were a student, uh, you ever played the Oregon trail, uh, but maybe there's like ways that there can be a further blend of the world where, uh, you know, maybe using games as a way to learn about history or to learn about, uh, economics or a range of different kinds of, uh, skills that are very, you know, needed, uh, I mean, very, um, important to focus on rather yeah uh, there's a huge opportunity
0: for that yeah and now when i'm thinking about this right now there's esports, which is sports related and then there's e-learning which is right. edutainment like kind of sorta so do these two ever meet or they're independent on their own
1: so i think at the moment uh just the way things stand uh is that some of the most popular esports out there at the moment, you know, uh, are shooter games. Kinda, uh, I mean, not necessarily, unfortunately or unfortunately, uh, depending on your take. Uh, obviously, there's other games that are very popular esports that aren't necessarily violent games, uh, things like Rocket League, Madden, FIFA, your more traditional sport games. Um, and then, kind of in between, uh, I guess, games that aren't necessarily gory or violent, but still have some element of violent thing, uh, violence, rather, are things like League of Legends, uh, maybe Overwatch and Super Smash Brothers that still have a very kind of solid professional scene. So on some level, esports are driven by what's popular, but I think there is uh, more of an opportunity for a blending of those worlds to come about. Um, I think at the moment esports is still in a very uh, wild west kind of stage so uh it'll take some time for it to further solidify as an industry and i and i wonder if there are um opportunities to gamify what uh esports is doing in a way that's relevant to students but uh i think we're still a little bit a ways from those two worlds blending i think uh the way that gaming will be used in schools might be a little bit different but it's important for schools to have an esports team yeah because i guess yeah. at the end of the day um there's a lot of kids who Aren't necessarily part of some kind of club or, or sport team, and they don't get a chance to represent uh, themselves or their school. So, um, by using uh, joining an esports team, they're able to do that.
0: I'm now thinking you mentioned it's like inter school competition, but mm-hmm. it's more like a debate, but in an e gamified way, if that makes sense. now that's something that someone has to adapt to so with the kids adapting because they learn quickly how will that play a role in like putting all the ducks in a row and not comparing it to oh yeah we need to sophisticate this this game or we need to make them a few more levels higher how how does it work do they work with different softwares is it the same concept? Do we meet in a certain event hall so that we can actually have the same process? Like, just paint a picture so that we can see how this actively works around the community.
1: Sure. So I guess, you know, there's the obvious um, role for, of uh, students being, you know, the actual gamers themselves. But beyond that, there's a way to engage other kinds of kids in something like an eSports club. So... Um, you know the reality is is not everyone's going to be a professional gamer one day right. but maybe there's kids who might want to be graphic designers or people want to be events managers or they want to have a better understanding of how to lay out uh, for instance like a land center right yeah. like how the computers are actually set up and um, I think there's going to be a range of different opportunities for people uh, or kids that are in high school now by the time they're uh, past college age, I think esports will be a much more well-established industry where um, getting a job as a tournament organizer or uh, a shout caster or broadcaster is not such a far uh, stretch. So I think in terms of painting the picture of what a program really brings is, yeah, it brings an opportunity for those kids that are serious gamers to show off what they do. But there's also opportunities for other kinds of creative, um, creative opportunities. But also um, maybe management uh, kind of opportunities in terms of learning how to actually run events yeah. and how to organize uh, events in that way. Um, so there's a lot of different kinds of roles, I guess, that come along with an esports club.
0: Speaking of esports club and roles, right? Now, you brought something to my attention because I was thinking about the last episode that I brought on a gentleman talking about, you know, esports. And we were touching on things to deal with like branding because there are brand partnerships now. Like, for example, LeBron James, I think there's a deal he has. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on that, guys. But like, there is something that artists, celebrities, athletes are doing now think about drake when he did um what was it it was a Fortnite, you know mm-hmm. with travis scott too when he did that so there are so many people who have done something it's not really like popular like nfts now is, is getting ground and everything but like where is this going so that even the kids that are learning can also maybe buy stocks one day or you know do something with that financial currency
1: right and i i well i think overall there you know uh, there's an emphasis in terms of like with branding yourself or even just uh thinking of yourself as a company of one on some level starting out it's important because i don't think for a long time kids have been encouraged to see the world that way and um obviously uh, you know not that there's i know it's a very competitive world as now um maybe more so than it was before but Uh, There's more opportunities for kids now, too, to explore different kinds of uh, career paths. Um, You know, uh, I think there's more opportunities even from an internship level for kids in high school than there were previously. So to get that foot in the door experience. Um, And I'm sorry if I'm kind of rambling off of your your topic there. But, I you know, I think that uh, it's important for kids to really uh, learn about. Uh, how to manage themselves really and um, you know like I said really kind of uh, in terms of creating a brand of themselves like what they want to be and how, what are the best means to get them from uh, where they're trying to going uh, to where they are now to where they're trying to go get to
0: yeah I think that's really important for them to understand because that way they know what they like because they're not going to be forced to like someone they don't know or even have any interaction with so that's really like their first touch point so that they can Mm -hmm. be able to like proceed and do better things with their business better things with their brand and of course themselves personally so this is something that actually makes a lot of sense because now I'm thinking if we now have esports and we have e-learning What's going to happen to the classrooms? Are we going to enhance the classrooms with whiteboards or with, you know, iPad, screen sharing? Like, I'm thinking digital. I know we've not gone there yet, but we're going, we're actually closer than we thought now. So how is this going to play with the, like with the psyche of the kid?
1: Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I think um, obviously the classroom will start to look different, uh, but they're and it already has but i think there's still the problem overall of uh like tech uh equity, right or technical equity and um some schools are gonna have the latest and greatest uh everything and right. it'll be a very immersive experience for, for those students but i'm sure unfortunately there's gonna still be kids that are sitting in a room with a, a blackboard and chalk you know so um I think that's overall, generally, not only for esports, but uh, more like uh, across the board, a bigger challenge that we have, um, not only as a country, but as the, an entire world, uh, in terms of being able to share all this great technology that's been uh, um, developed with other people who've never had access to it. Um, because we, I know there was several kids we worked with over the pandemic where, you know, they were uh having to share a computer with their siblings right and you can imagine how complicated that must have been uh for them to just manage their their studies and their own life having to like split a chromebook with a couple a couple of their brothers or sisters right. but and then on the flip side there's other kids who have uh the latest everything and it's all just for them so uh, i think hopefully there's a way for us to, um, you know, bridge that gap. I know that, you know, it seems to be that technology as it develops and develops tends to get cheaper uh, as it goes on. If you remember <laughs> the first like uh, VCR players, like they used to cost like $1,000 back in the day, but they obviously, <laughs> are now they're completely obsolete. But I'd hope that um, that barrier to entry gets lower and lower for folks, and things like rural broadband initiatives are important for, um, you know, getting higher speed internet to people uh, across the country. So I'm encouraged by those kinds of trends, but I think it is still a major hurdle that we have to overcome. Yeah,
0: I think so too, because once we address that and it's actually conveyed in a very positive, user-friendly way. going to change and you're right we've never really changed the classroom ever since it got started so the same classroom that albert einstein was in the setup you know is the same setup we see years now but going forward people on zoom even zoom has an interactive immersive i don't know what they call it i think they call it um yeah it's called immersive where you can actually, like, have a full class and just have little boxes. I've not tried it myself, but that tells me that they're creating this. Look at Facebook now with AR and VR, you know. How are you? How are we going to integrate those things with gaming? Because are they going to interfere with the process or are they going to enhance the process, you know? i think they'll enhance it and i think one thing that
1: is being uh or is kind of in the works now in terms of maybe you've heard people start to talk about metaverses um where it'll be like an entire kind of uh the second life of what we're doing here maybe like a virtual reality where um not only gaming and education uh have a major role in that but um i think it will also be those streamers, content creators, and uh, people in esports that help introduce that world to everybody else. Yeah. I, I th- think the metaverse will be a uh, pretty major for schools uh, to be able to harness if they if they can. I know they tend sometimes to be behind the curve instead of ahead of it, but this is a really unique opportunity for them to latch on to something that is... I think, going to take the world by
0: storm. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. If there's one thing you can leave with the audience today that will make them think about what we've talked about, what would it be? Because this is kind of like brand awareness. They may not even have an eSports account or they don't even know what it is, but it's coming. You, You may not know about crypto investment, but you know it's existing. So how can they leave something behind today that they can understand so that they're prepared for anything that comes whenever it's related to them? Sure. So, I think the biggest takeaway
1: is that um, because of the internet, there's a whole host of new kinds of worlds that uh, that are out there. Some of them you might not even be aware of, um, but they aren't restricted to those people who are already in them. Yep. In fact, I think a lot of times you'll find that Uh, These spaces are very inclusive spaces where people want you to get involved and want you to have a better understanding of it. So for me and eSports, you know, I just I'd want uh, parents to at least be open minded enough to see that maybe there's an opportunity to do something good with this. um, And also to teachers as well. I think that there's a really unique learning opportunity. I think that seeing the kids become so engaged and and, uh, so passionate about it is a really inspiring thing too. Um, So I think uh, just because it's new doesn't mean it's bad. Although I understand their fears. And really, I think that's really the main point, too, is we're trying to bridge this gap between what our kids are passionate about and what us as adults know um, is important for them to understand. So uh, if there's anything to take away, I think it's mostly that.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. That's a really great point you mentioned there. Thank you so much for bringing that out. (sighs) Wow, Stan, you've brought a lot of light to this discussion and... I know a lot of people may want to connect with you. So is there any way they can reach out to you on the platforms that are preferable to your um, reach?
1: Sure. Yeah, so uh, again, we're Esports Scholar and that's our handle for Twitter. Um, If you find us on Facebook, it's the same handle, Uh, LinkedIn and uh, even Twitch. So uh, if you want to reach out to us, that's probably the best way amazing
0: thank you so much stan for bringing light to this conversation and i look forward to bringing you back when we actually start having behind the scenes for the podcast
1: all right thank you so much i really appreciate it you're welcome